Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the 6th annual Chris and Chris NBA All-Star Weekend Podcast. This is the longest running tradition in my podcast, so I hope you all enjoy it as much as I did. But before I get to that, let me just do some quick housekeeping stuff. First off, there will be updates to the YouTube channel, so be clear of that. Second thing I do want to mention is unfortunately in what has been uh, what has been a rough last couple weeks for me, uh, my basement flooded and all my vinyls got destroyed. So the vinyl collection series that I very much love and very much want to give to you is currently on hold while I figure out what the hell I'm going to do about that situation. But on the lighter side, I am performing live at Masonic Temple a week from today. That is in Detroit, Masonic Temple. Uh, I will be performing at 8.40. The event is from 7 p.m. to midnight. And it is a bunch of Detroit creatives, a bunch of different podcasters, artists, musicians. There will be people selling paintings, drawings. It's just a, it's just an all Detroit creative event. Tickets are on sale. They are only $15 right now. They become $30 at the door. So make sure you get them now. The link is in my bio at Real Chris Platty on Instagram. Go check that out, and in the bio, you will see the link to buy a ticket. Your ticket comes with drinks and food, and if you get a ticket, send it to me. Let me know so that I can uh, so that I can meet you after because I want to meet everybody that comes out to to see me in my first ever live podcast. So I greatly appreciate everyone that's already bought a ticket, and I look forward to seeing more of you at that show. Um, also. Follow me on Twitter at Real Chris Platty, the same as Instagram, C H R I S P L A T T E. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. Now, without further ado, let's get to today's episode, the sixth annual Chris and Chris NBA All Star Weekend podcast. I hope you all enjoy this one. Have a good All Star Weekend, everybody. This is the best time of the year for the NBA. Hello everyone, welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk, a very special Strictly Hoop Talk, the longest running tradition in my podcast career, and that is of course Chris Phillips joining me for All-Star Break. We are going to go through and predict everything, we're just reading off the app, no notes, just talking about just talking about NBA All-Star Weekend. Chris, how are you? I'm good man, glad to be back and thanks for having me back. Of course, I mean, you know, I this podcast is only going as far as this tradition. The year this this tradition stops is when this podcast stops. So we're gonna keep this has it gotta running. Be, I would say what seven, six. I don't six. know. Six. This is yeah, six. Yeah. About right. Yeah, the sixth annual Chris and Chris All Star Weekend <laughs> podcast. Um, before we get to the All Star though, I do gotta talk to you because I actually have not talked to you about this on or off air. And that is 
the Andre Drummond trade. Now, you have been somebody who's been long against Andre Drummond. The Pistons yes. traded him for a bag of Doritos and a second-round <laughs> pick. Uh, Chris, how, how are you feeling about the Andre Drummond trade? Okay, well, like you said, I am not a big fan of Drummond. have not been for a while. Honestly, when we re-signed him from the, his original rookie contract to his new, like his close-to-max contract, mm-hmm. I was mad about it. Like I thought they should have let him walk. But whatever, I get it. I understand. He was like what, twenty three years old at the time, yeah. so it made sense. And then you know, year you know, year in, year out, a couple years add up, and now everyone's like born that train. So I was super happy just to see him finally go. Um, I understand that they were in a very hard place because one, the record's terrible. Two, he has that player option, and or three, he's he, you know he opts out and you get nothing for him. Essentially, what happened either way, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it, I liked it because it, it pre- prevents him from opting in and eating $28 million in salary that I think they could use elsewhere in a lot of ways. So I, I, I liked it for that aspect. Of course, the return is like you look at it and say, wow, like we got Brandon Knight back. We got <laughs> John Hansen. And to be honest with you, pretty much a totally irrelevant second-round pick. But you never know. I mean, it's it, it's an asset in some way. So you never, you can always attach that somewhere down the line to maybe sweeten something a little bit. But, you know, just kind of, I think, getting the bad energy off the team and then, you know, avoiding that potential player option, I think overall it was a good move. Yeah, I think it was a move that unfortunately happened a little too late for Detroit. But um, I understand why it took so long for it to happen because just last year, you know, around this time last year, Detroit is a playoff team. And so... You know, that was really the Pistons' goal, the owner's goal, was to just always be as competitive as possible. So I understand while Drummond isn't the greatest player and he wasn't worth what he was, what, what the salary we were paying him, he made us, he made us X amount better. And that meant everything to a team chasing, you know, the bottom of the playoffs. So. You know, I understand why it was a tough position and it took so long for it to get here. And I don't want to sit here and act like even though I'm happy Drummond's gone, um, I don't want to act like it's all Drummond's fault because, you know, the Pistons did not, they failed, two regimes failed to put talent around Andre Drummond. Like that's the, that's the simple fact is that Detroit didn't supply Drummond with enough with enough talent around him, especially on the perimeter, which is something a big man needs in today's league, is you need perimeter talent to go with, with an interior, uh, with an interior big. But it was also the big part to me with Drummond was, I just you can't be a max, you can't be a max guy and try once every three to four games. Like Quinn Richardson had this quote on a podcast when he was talking with Kevin Durant. Um, and he said that, you know, by the first five minutes of every game, he could tell what kind of game Drummond was going to have. Because Drummond just straight up, you know, for so many games, I know everybody that's watched countless Piston games has seen him just not show up consistently. And I seen it myself, game three of the Milwaukee series uh, last year in the playoffs. It was the first game in Little Caesar Arena, so... Me and my friend were going to go no matter what. First game in Detroit for the Pistons, a first playoff game, that is. And I see he loses the tip, puts his head down, 
Milwaukee runs the floor and gets a bucket because he's not in the paint. And I knew from the jump that th- this was going to be one of those games for him. And meanwhile, Blake's in this in this leg brace that weighs like 27 pounds, diving on the floor, giving it his all. And I just see Drummond sulking, and I'm just like, dude, I, that was my last straw with Drummond. So um, that's kind of where I stand with him. Yeah, like that's what. Yeah, that's how I reference the bad energy. Of course, he's a he's a fine player, but when you're making that much money and you're not trying it, you're all. It's kind of like a slap in the face. Um, also, I was kind of surprised. Like a hypothetical is that I understand his value probably wasn't very high. Obviously, it wasn't high. We see that with the return. Yeah. But like a team like Dallas, who is you know comfortably in the playoffs, I think it's safe to say. But a team that can actually win a playoff series who just lost their starting center. I'm surprised that a team like that, maybe there's another te- couple teams out there that are in the same situation, um, that they didn't make an offer. You know, instead they went with Colley Stein and cost them basically nothing. But, you know, I think Drummond is a significant upgrade from Colley Stein. So Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying with Dallas, and I agree with that. But I think, I, I really do think that not a lot of, people expected Drummond to be traded like it seemed very last minute because from from what I understand I don't know when this was told but this was told to the Pistons that at 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 some point near the trade deadline it could have been even the last couple hours or the last day last two days whatever that Andre Drummond would consider opting in and Detroit was just like, no, we're not going to go through this again. And Detroit wanted to get under the lu- trade drummond and get under the luxury tax and get some type of asset back. And so that's what they that's what they did. I don't know contractually if Dallas could have made it work without giving up um, without giving up Tim Hardaway. Yeah, Hardaway probably would have had it been in it, but I'm sure they, they might have another contract. I don't know. But. Yeah, but. Uh, and and Tim Hardaway's been playing very well for them, so yeah, no, maybe yeah, that's it, what it no, is. That but. wouldn't make sense for them to move him to get Drummond. I, yeah. I agree with that. But. Yeah, but but yeah, no, you're right, absolutely. Like I think if uh, if that was the price for Drummond, even exactly. if it's that's even if I'm it's saying. a half a season, like uh, there's a quite a few teams that could have used him. You know, Houston could have. You know, people were talking about Houston. They had a twelve million dollar trade exception. Now, granted, they needed. A lot more to get there and I don't think they had the means to get there salary wise but like you know teams like that that were in a position where um where they were in need of a of a center and you know you could you could if, if you're just keeping them for three months you can bring them off the bench do whatever you want you don't it doesn't matter especially if you're only giving up a second round pick for a former all-star you know yeah I I definitely think that there could have been um there could have been some different different options on the table but I feel like I feel like personally this deal just kind of came together very quick Detroit called Cleveland and I'm it surprised like, Thompson wasn't in the deal I can't either. believe I can't believe Cleveland of all teams traded for him that seems like if you're gonna rank teams that they, you would think they'd be at the bottom like they're almost dead last in the league why would they want you know and they already have love and Thompson I don't know it just seems they're just odd. desperate for young talent or youngish talent yeah, I guess I can see how it works. I mean, he's certainly an upgrade over Thompson, but yeah. But um, anyways, that's enough drumhead talk. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Let's start with NBA All Star Weekend, the thing that we are here for. Uh, the celebrity game. I won't. I won't really go through that because, to be honest with you, each year I've gotten less and less interested in it. As a kid, I used to be fascinated with it back when, 
uh, Chris Tucker was in it because Rush Hour is some of my favorite movies and stuff like that. But you know, each year it kind of gets it well, kind of gets less worse and, less. and worse. You know? Yeah, like they had the Property Brothers for a couple of years, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, dude, okay. Who's tuning in to see these boys? Yeah, yeah, who's tuning in to see exactly? Um, but there are some people in there, shout out, comment, that um, that I do respect, so I'm not going to make it seem like it's a total it's a total BS. And my boy Peter Rosenberg, I think, is returning. But all, jo- all jokes aside, let's jump to the Rising Stars and start there. Now, this one is going to be interesting because there are a couple injuries, so... Colin Sexton is replacing Tyler Hero on the U.S. team, and Nicole O'Malley is replacing DeAndre Ayton on the world team. Man, DeAndre Ayton cannot stay healthy for me in fantasy. Um, <laughs> that my... hurts that team, too, a lot. He's clearly one of the best players. Yeah, so I'll read the rosters, Chris, and then we'll make a prediction for who we think is going to win and who will be MVP. So the U.S. roster is Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter Jr., Devontae Graham, Jaron Jackson Jr., Ja Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Pascal, Colin Sexton, P.J. Washington, Zion Williamson, and Trey Young versus the world roster, which is which is Alexander Walker from New Orleans, DeAndre Ayton, who's out again and replaced by uh, Nicole O'Malley, another, another New Orleans player, R.J. Barrett, Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Roy Hachimara, uh, my boy Sevi from Detroit. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name because every time I get it wrong, but I love I love Sevi. European Clay, that's his nickname. Josh Akogi and, and Wagner from Washington. So of those rosters, who do you think, Chris, is going to win? We'll just start with the winning. Well, to be honest, I think if you – Look at it. The U.S. roster is like significantly better, especially with yeah. eight out. I mean, of course they have Doncic and Shea Gilgis has actually been really, really good this year. Yeah. Um, other than that, I feel like they don't have much firepower. While the U.S. has Trey Young, Zion, Devontae Graham's been balling, Jaron Jackson, uh, Kendrick Nunn, John Morant. So I feel like their team's just overall better, and I would expect them to win for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the U.S. roster is stacked this year against against the world roster, um, especially with the DeAndre Ayton injury, like you said. I would have loved to have seen Ayton and Luka, uh, Luka play together just because, um, you know, I like Luka's playmaking ability in the pick and roll, and I'd love to see him with a big, like, Ayton, who I, who I like finishing around the rim. But like you said, Shea is very good as well, and you know they got so they got some decent shooting because you know everybody's going to be open. There's no defense played in this contest, but the world roster just doesn't have enough shooting to to really like out to really kind of close the gap between talent between the U.S. and world roster. So I'm with you. I'm going the U.S. roster because Trey Young can drop a hundred in this contest. So I'm not so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blink and bet against them. But my MVP for, for the U.S. roster, I think, and this is going to be kind of a hot take because I assume he won't start. Maybe he'll start at the two, but uh, I'm going with John Morant. I just like his energy. I think he's probably one of the guys that I could count on most to, to really want to put on a show. I think Trey Young, now that he's an all-star, will kind of take a back seat in this contest. 
and you know just kind of play three point line to three point line, but um, but I think Jaws is, is one of those guys who really likes to put on a show, and I'm, I'm picking him. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think I agree with you. He he seems like I I don't know. He fits on Memphis so well if that makes sense. Like he he feels yeah. like one of those old Grizzly players with like Tony Allen and Marcus and Zach Randolph, those guys. He he definitely tries super hard. Um, I would love to see Zion, but I think he's obviously going to be restricted in some way. There's no yeah. way he's going to, you know, go out there in 35, 40 minutes. No chance. Yeah. And I seen a, I seen betting odds. I think Trey Young, interesting, was like the fifth favorite to win the MVP, which obviously really? is low for him. Um, but I like Trey Young because, like you said, the defense, the shooting, you know, there's no defense and there's, you know, there is shooting, I'm saying. So, you know, I think that fits in perfectly. So I'm just going to take Trey Young, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if he just, even if he just makes, like, um, who was it a couple years ago that made, like, eight threes in a Bogdanovich, row? Bogdanovich, I think, on the Kings, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I believe it was. And he just hit, like, so many threes back-to-back. So if you could just come in for two minutes and get eight threes, like, you know, that's really all you need to win MVP in this contest. You know, just a couple highlight plays and like a ridiculous amount of points. So you honestly don't really have to be going full tilt to get the MVP. Um, I'm just going with Ja because I think that he is one of the players that will that will uh, try the hardest. And usually it's very tough for big men to get the MVP in this in this game, even though there's always a big man that has like a ridiculous stat line, like 30 rebounds and 50 <laughs> points. But uh, like some Bill Russell old school era type stats. But at the end of the day, I think um, I, I think it'll I think it'll be John. That's interesting that you that Vegas has it at five to one for for Trey, because again Trey is clearly probably one of the one of the top two or three guys on this on this whole entire roster, both U.S. and world, that's fit for this challenge. But that I think that shows that Vegas knows that he's not really interested oh, yeah. in They're trying. Always- man they're always right yeah man I, that's why i don't bet man vegas no vegas knows way too much but um anyways so that's friday night the celebrity game which starts tonight at seven i will get it up before that um and then the rising stars is on tnt at nine now let's go to saturday the night you and i love the most taco bell skills challenge mountain dew three-point contest at&t slam dunk contest I still think, Chris, I know we say this every year, but I still think they need that fourth event. I know. We've been uh, we've been trying to you know, create some, but I, I'm surprised they still don't have one, honestly. They, I mean, they, they have been making a lot of changes, it seems like. like. Obviously, we'll probably get to the All-Star game changes on Sunday, but I don't know. I think they'll come up with something eventually. I, I think eventually, you know, these things kind of wear out. I mean, they haven't yet, but you know what I mean. You know, it's yeah. fresh is always a good thing. Yeah, and and you know, I liked the higher shooting thing they did in the early two thousands with the WNBA player, the legend, and the current player. I liked that. I I kind of don't understand why that didn't why that left because it was a quick game, but it was just another game. It just feels like the the All Star Weekend needs a little something extra right now. Um, just because, like you said, it is changing slightly every couple of years, but it it seems like we we should be due for some type of significant change, uh, whether it's a new event or something. But 
I digress. Let's start with the skills challenge, which is the first one, and that is at 9 p.m. Eastern. The participants for this year's skills challenge are Bam Adebayo from Miami, Patrick Beverly of the Clippers, Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets, Shea Gildress-Alexander, who is replacing Derek Rose, who is injured, Chris Middleton of Milwaukee, uh, Domantas Sabonis from Indiana. Shout out another fantasy guy of mine that's been killing it for me. The only reason I'm afloat here. Pascal Siakam from Toronto. And the defending champion, which I totally forgot about, Jason Tatum. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good field. I'm really, really sad D-Rose can't compete. One, because obviously he's injured, which sucks for him. Um, and two, it's in Chicago, man. It's been yeah. so cool to you know see him participate. So that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I think when I look at this field, um, I do think that as far as big man wise, I mean, I know Bam's a great passer, but I don't, I don't think Bam can hit the three in one or two tries. You know that every year it comes down to really the passing and the three point shot. Is you gotta, you gotta do both of those efficiently. That's where the time, where where the ground is made up the most is in passing and shooting, and you know I I don't think Sabonis is another guy who's a big that can't really that can't really shoot. He can pass pretty well, but I don't know if he'll be able to pass that specific pass in the in the challenge. So I don't know. I feel like overall this year the 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 big or the wing categories is a little bit lacking this year in this in this challenge yeah i agree and like jason tatum's i mean sure he i guess he's not a big let's be honest yeah he's, he's a, a wing so, right so he kind of it's basically sabonis and bam and maybe siakam a little bit and i don't really love either of them for this particular contest yeah yeah if if any of those uh forwards not named not named jason tatum if i had to pick one it's probably it's probably pascal I, I would guess. Are but, they counting Middleton as a wing or like as a, a two or a three here? Oh yeah, that's right. They're probably counting him as a wing as well. Um which I think he has a he has a good shot. But honestly, if I had to make my pick, Spencer Dinwiddie's a former champion. I like his odds there. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Shea Gildress Alexander. I think He's one of he's one of the young guys who's really going to um, to try to win this event because I feel like he's somebody who could who could raise his his uh, commercial profile, but and this is a good way to do it is to win this challenge. I feel like a, a lot of these other guys uh, don't really care about their cr- commercial profile, but Shea Gilgis Alexander is a guy who I think he'll I think he'll do the passing well. I think he's not the greatest three point shooter in this event, but I feel like he's gonna. I feel like he can hit one in you know one or two shots, and and that's really all it takes. As long as you hit your three within like the first two shots, you're good. Yeah, I like. Um, I do like Shea Gilgis, but I, going back to your point, I like Dinwiddie uh, better to win. I mean, he's a he's a previous champ, like you said. I think he won two years ago. Um, he's been playing really well this year. He can hit the three. He's obviously a point guard. He can pass. So I like his odds in this one. Okay. Taco Bell skills challenge done with. I love that challenge though. I really it's do. It's good. It, it, it's it's good because it goes by so fast. It does. It's like it's like I think they literally do all of the first round and then it's a commercial break and then you're like already you're coming back to the to the finals. 
right. so it's kind of crazy. It only take like what twenty something seconds, you know. So yeah, it's fun. Um, all right, the three point contest, which you and I love. The three point contest. This is personally my favorite because it is the most consistently entertaining. Uh, there are some slight changes this year. They included, uh, they added two extra extra balls from the Mountain Dew zone, which is which is you know at the top rack and it's uh, and the adjacent wing rack. It's basically like a deeper three ball, kind of like kind of like how NBA, kind of like how NBA. Uh, what's that league? Oh, Big, Big three. three. Yeah, it has the four point line. So it's one of those um, situations and. Now, other than that, everything else is the same. Just the two extra balls from the two Mountain Dew zone range, which is cool. I like that they're doing that since so many players in the league are actually uh, are actually trying to shoot like deep threes now. I mean, yeah, it's kind of an. I mean, I might just say it's a normal shot, but I mean, yeah. it's not like crazy far. Yeah, which is which is crazy because Chris, you and I grew up on the two thousands basketball. Do we ever think people were pulling from that range consistently? Oh no, those games used to be low, low scoring, man. It's yeah. crazy how much has changed in honestly a short amount of time. Yeah, and people hugged that three point line. <laughs> you were not taking a shot that was one step back from the three. So, that's why. Uh, that's why I loved uh, when I was growing up. I loved sh- shooting three so much because like it just, it just seemed so valuable. It seemed like not many people could do it. I love doing it. I literally, it's all I even cared about. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I know. I played with you back in the days. I know all you cared about was the three-point line. <laughs> I, I would remember playing you, and you would just literally off the off the rebound, run back to take two steps back to the three-point line and just throw it, <laughs> and then just run full sprint to get the rebound. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So, anyways, the, the participants in this year's event that aren't us, David Bertans from Washington, Devin Booker from Phoenix, who's replacing Damian Lillard. Devontae Graham from Charlotte. Joe Harris, the defending champion from Brooklyn Nets. Buddy Heald from Sacramento Kings. Boy, is that Buddy Heald thing a messy situation? Yeah, it's super weird, man. The Kings are just... It seems like they're having an unfortunate year. Bagley's been just destroyed with injuries the whole year. It, It seems like they have talent. I just... I don't know what's wrong, man. I don't know. Yeah, I I won't claim I enough. Uh, I watch enough Kings basketball to know what's going on, but I do watch a couple games here and there, and it just it's not the same team as last year. It's really not, and that to me points in the direction of the coach. But that's just my opinion. Anyways, the closing out the three point contest, we also got Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls, Duncan Robinson from Miami, who I think is a sleeper in this contest, oh, and yeah. Trey Trey Young from Atlanta. So Zach Levine is the hometown uh, hometown player in this contest here, but um, I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't think Zach Levine is a three point contest type of guy. I think he's a guy who hits threes in games, uh, whether it's off the dribble or you know or or a catch and shoot. But I don't think he's a three point he's a three point gunner in this contest. I like I like pretty much the whole field though. I really do think outside of Levine. That all of these players can put up, can put up some good numbers. Like I think Davis Bertans has a good chance to Dude, do. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, yeah, I'll go with it. I'll go with Davis Bertans, Washington. That's my prediction. I'm gonna go with 
You call him a sleeper. I'm going to call him the favorite. I think Duncan Robinson's going to win, dude. I think – I mean, I watched him at Michigan for multiple years. A former D3 player, absolute stud from the three-point line. And he shoots at an efficient rate, too. It's not like he's streaky. He shoots 44%, which is crazy high. I mean, it's high. I would guarantee you it's higher than every other guy in this contest. So, um, I like Duncan Robinson a lot in this. Yeah, I'm glad that they added him because, you know, he's he's a role player. He's not the sexiest name. So I like that they added somebody that is very, very good in that in that field in three-point contest. It's a little different when it comes to dunk contest because, yes, you always love the star power. But um, in the three-point contest, if you got a guy who's just shooting at a ridiculous clip like Duncan Robinson, it would just be disrespectful to not at least put him in the contest. Oh, yeah, he's deserving, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, you ready to move on to Slam Dunk, the prime time of Saturday night? Let's do it. All right. Now, this one, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't feature any changes, I don't believe. It's just, yeah, I'm reading through it now. Yeah, so um, there's no changes in this one. It's the same as every dunk contest, except that awful one in uh, like four years ago where they had like team it was like a team dunk contest, that and nobody it, yeah. knew that they won. It was the East 2014. I'm looking at it right now. Oh Paul my George, god! Terrence Ross and John Wall won. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Horrible, <laughs> horrible. See, that man, is... dude, that's why they're not changing stuff because whenever they do, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, this year's participants are Pat Connington from the Milwaukee Bucks, who I like very much. He's got crazy springs. Um, Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic, the one who famously got robbed a couple years ago. And I don't want I, I say robbed jokingly because Zach Levine obviously had an incredible performance as well. Aaron Gordon probably would have won any other dunk contest ever, but Levine was I think slightly better, man. It's it's hard to say. It was fantastic. I, to me the difference in that one was I enjoyed Gordon's creativity more. Like yeah, I, I think I agree. I think that when it comes to a dunk contest, I like to see dunks that um, that that just haven't been done before Outside or just the box, are variation. Totally new, for sure. Yeah, because at the end of the day, as wrong as this is, I look at all of these dunkers as like supreme, super godlike athletes, and I expect them to be able to do like between the legs from like a crazy distance or stuff like stuff like that. Just doesn't impress me as much as something that I've never seen before. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, Aaron Gordon, the electric chair dunk, the one where he he the mascot gave him the ball and he's like literally sitting down, like that is oh my god, unbelievable. That is that is the, the, my all time favorite dunk. Um, so Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard of the Lakers making a return in this, and Derek Jones Jr. Before we get to predictions, how do you feel about Dwight Howard coming back to the dunk contest? To be honest with you, man, I like it a lot. I'm really, I don't know, like, I've always been a Dwight fan, and then he had, I don't know what you want to call it, just a downfall, (laughs) kind of. Like, his career, numbers-wise, was fine. But, like, you know, he was, again, town to town, team to team. Um, And it seems like he's really happy to be in L.A. Obviously, I would be, too, for multiple reasons. Um, And, no, he's not an all-star anymore, so... I, I like that he's still included in this weekend, though, because at the end of the day, he is like a Hall of Fame type player. I mean, he is a Hall of Famer, so I, I, I'm happy for him, and I think I think it'd be interesting to see him back for sure. Yeah, I agree, and you know, part of it is nostalgia too, right? Like we grew up 
Yes. Some of the very first dunk contests we watched were like the Dwight Howard, Nate Robinson battles. And, you know, those were so epic. Like if I had to rank of all the dunk contests I've seen, those Nate Robinson, Dwight Howard battles are up right up there with the Levine, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, uh, Nate Robinson robbed Iggy in 06. But, yeah, I mean, it, they were good. They were good for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, a part of it's nostalgia. And like, and like I said, I've always been – you know, a guy who I know Dwight's talents, and I've always thought that in the right system, you know, with the right players around him, he could be he could be a helpful player. He's not, of course, the star he was, but he could be kind of like a star ro- role player type type of uh, type player. But, anyways, I'm happy that he's back in the contest. All that being said, I'm definitely not picking him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's too old, man. Yeah, he's too old. Um, I. It would have been cool if they would have added an extra spot this year and given Vince Carter it too, so that there was two kind of generational dunkers and made it five instead of four. Just you know, extend it. Um, you know, just cut down like one or two commercial breaks, and you can make up the time. You know, yeah. and I, I I would have liked to seen like Vince Carter in here. You know, with Dwight Howard, then I think it would have been more entertaining if there was more than just one old guy. Yeah, but I think there's like a significant. I mean. Of course, Vince Carter's a freak. He's 43 years old and still playing, but Dwight Howard's still like in supreme shape. Well, Vince Carter yeah, obviously yeah. is not, yeah. not not to his fault. Of course, it's his right. Game. But you know, I think Dwight could still hang athletically for sure. So I think there's a big difference between the two. But I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So again, Pat Connaughton, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. I love. The, the videos of him in practice just doing absolutely nuts so dunks. Uh, Aaron Gordon, I really, really enjoy. And, you know, it's surprising that the that the reigning champion is not in it, uh, Diallo, because he was very good. Yeah, it seems odd if, if the defending champ doesn't come back. It seems like you almost have to. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he declined it or what. Um, because honestly, like he was, he was, even though that year last year wasn't, wasn't great. It was pretty good. It was pretty solid, but, um, I, I just was kind of stunned that he himself was excellent and didn't come back. Yeah. Especially, right. I guess we don't know if he was invited or what, but like, of course he's not like a name, you know, like a big name, a noticeable name. So you would think he would want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all that being said, man, um, Aaron Gordon's been weird for me this year. Um, just like kind of watch him. He just doesn't look like the same player. So I wanted to pick him, but I, but I won't. Um, I think, I feel like he's probably like the Vegas favorite, but, um, I'm going to go with Pat Connington. I'm going to go with Pat Connington. I feel like he's like the biggest sleeper in, in this, in this dunk contest, but, uh, I love his springs. Like I'm blown away by him every time I see him leap out of the gym. So I think that he can, you know, if he can do something creative with his dunks, because I don't think he's got, even though he's got good springs, I don't think he's got he's got the best springs in this contest. But if he can come with something creative, I like his chances. Yeah, I like. Um, I mean, like we said about Vegas, man, they always win. So I'm gonna go with Aaron Gordon. I think. I mean, it's been, what, four years since that dunk contest, I think? Since he mm-hmm. was, you know, some say Rob's, whatever. 
I think he's going to want to add one, I guess, man. I think he's going to make up for it, so I'm just going to go with him. And, you know, like I said, it's been four years, so who knows what he's going to pull out, like, prop-wise. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, that will do it for the Saturday night contest. My favorite night. Now we get to Sunday, the All-Star game itself, the 69th All-Star game. Now, Chris, I'm going to read off the, the rule changes because, quite frankly, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I haven't fully comprehended it ever Dude, since um, saw, ever since I read it. I saw them, and li- Twitter is so funny. Man. Every single comment was like, uh, like, what's going on? <laughs> every, every, there's so many guests, so many people just confused and trying to figure it out. So, yeah, it, it does seem a little difficult, but I'm sure it'll make sense when it, once it gets rolling. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to have little graphics explaining it before the tip-off and all that. That will make more sense. But, um, you know, right now it's basically it, it's basically a charity event that's a tribute to the Mamba and Mambasita Foundation for Kobe Bryant and Gianna and the seven friends and teammates who passed on the helicopter accident on January 26th. First of all, rest in peace to them. Um, also, I do like the cool wrinkle that uh, that LeBron's team will wear number two and Giannis's team will wear number twenty-four. Yeah, that, I, that seemed like a slam dunk idea. Yeah, I I really do like that idea. Um, now, as far as the charities go, um, the the two teams will compete each quarter for designated charities. Um, uh, I don't know the specific charities that they're that they're competing for each quarter, but uh, basically, whichever team wins that quarter, uh, X amount of dollars is donated to that. And I, I, I don't know. It's not saying in here how specifically that works as far as is the donation based on points or is it 24000 for a uh, tribute to Kobe or, you know, what it I, I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, and then I saw something weeks ago, but I'm not seeing it on here about you have to like add up all the points at the end of the third quarter and outscore them by 24 in the fourth quarter like what i think i think it was you add up all the points after three quarters and but then it said i thought it said the first one to 24 wins but it's like what if the one team is way ahead i don't yeah. I, I don't know it was confusing it's confusing and like everybody else we're gonna find out when we watch it i just hope this isn't another east all-stars dunk contest where where we don't know the game is over and then all of a sudden it's over yeah i know i I, it seems really weird to keep score from each quarter i I just like seeing the tally go up you know and then it gets you know as it gets closer it intensifies but whatever we'll see man it could be all right we'll see all right let's just read off the rosters um so there are some replacements. Uh, Devin Booker is replacing Damian Lillard. Uh, let's read off the teams here. So uh, let me find them. Hold on. I just had them. Uh, Team LeBron. Okay. So LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Luka, Harden, Damian Lillard, who's being replaced by Devin Booker, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, DeMontis Sabonis, and, and of course, Devin Booker, which I just mentioned. By the way, Chris Paul being an all-star, Chris, I know you didn't expect that because I didn't expect that. 
I'm not going to say I predicted it, but I thought to myself, he is having a good year. Grant, he's, you know, is, is even. Oh, I'm saying before the season started. Oh, like, no. Oh, my God. Before the season started, I was looking at their team, and I was like, this might be one of the worst rosters, like, in the in the West. Because, sure, Chris Paul can ball, but, you know, he's another year older. Shea Gill just has taken a ridiculous step forward, so I didn't expect that. Gallinari, he is a good player, but he's injured quite often. You know, I don't even – I honestly don't even know who their small forward is. and it, It's Gallinari. Well, who's their power forward then? Oh. <laughs> I think he's the four, and they don't have a three. I mean, of course they have a three. I don't know who it is, though. And then Steven Adams, you know, he's, you know, he is what he is. He's solid. But, yeah, I mean, good for him, honestly. I'm, I'm happy for it. Okay, I'm Googling Thunder lineup because now I'm totally confused. Um, I'm, I'm Googling their starting lineup. I literally have no clue who their three is. I'm pretty sure Gallo plays the three, and then they I have think, somebody I else. I think Gallo's the four, but maybe not. Let's see. I'm looking this up. Oh, Dort. Dort plays shooting guard. Uh, okay, yeah, so Gallinari is starting at power forward. Well, what I, is she... I don't know how recently, but... Wait, Shea Gilgis isn't the starting shooting guard? He's the two, or the right. three. He's got to be he... the two. Yeah, he might be the three. I don't know. Is he taller than Dort? Dort, yeah, Dort's six two. So I imagine Shea's playing three. Oh my god, that sounds like a small lineup. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> beyond all that, um, yeah, it's crazy that Chris Paul is having the year that he's having. It's incredible. Shout out to Chris Paul. Let me read Team Giannis before we get too off track here. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, with the reserves being Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, looking at this team's, Giannis sucks at drafting. He's just like a goofy guy. I don't know, man. He goes on TV and like tries to be super funny. Like, I mean, it is funny, but only because it's like so weird. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Of course, LeBron's on paper, LeBron's team looks just unbeatable compared to Giannis's yeah I, I did like that Giannis said the one thing about Harden like when he didn't draft Harden and LeBron oh, was, was like funny. what yeah. yeah and he's like I want somebody to pass the ball to me <laughs> but um but then he picked up Trey Young so I don't know yeah um but yeah I mean Giannis's team is definitely undermanned I mean he's probably got like four of the I'd say he's probably got the four worst all-stars. Yeah, LeBron's know? whole starting five is better, minus, of course, Giannis. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would, I mean, yeah, I think that's safe to say. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of their bench, like, Giannis has Middleton, Lowry, and um, Middleton, Lowry, Bam, and Ingram, who I think are probably, arguably, three... Uh, of four of the you know five or six worst all stars. Um, I mean, I, realistically, I'd say I, it's hard to say. I mean, of course yeah. they're all good, but I would say Chris Paul and Sabonis are probably the two worst. I don't know mm. if that's fair to say. That's yeah, the, yeah, those saying. were the other two I was considering in that six, um, in that six man race. But anyways, point is, Giannis does Giannis's team is nowhere near as good. But again, 
Um, I don't know how that ball is going to move uh, on LeBron's team between between uh, Harden, Westbrook. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Devin Booker. But that'll be fun to watch. Uh, my prediction, I'm going to go with Team Giannis just because I feel like everybody's expecting Team LeBron. And I feel like you're going to pick LeBron. And I don't want to agree with you on everything here today. So I'll go with Giannis. Uh, I'll go with Team Giannis. You know, what the heck. Uh, I'll say Giannis, Pascal, and Embiid, which is an interesting front court to watch, by the way. I, I will I will like seeing, seeing all of that size yeah. together. So I'm going to go with... Team Antetokounmpo, Giannis as my clear MVP, considering, you know, I don't know who else who else would win MVP on this roster. So I'll go with Giannis, and um, I'm sure you're going to go with Team LeBron because that's the obvious answer. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go for it, one, so we don't agree, and two, his roster is better. But my only my only thing I could see is that, which could help you your case, obviously, is that LeBron's team is like a little more veteran loaded, I feel like. Like LeBron, AD, Harden, all in the starting lineup have been to the All-Star game countless times now. Chris Paul and Westbrook on the bench, you know. So I could see Giannis' team, it, it, it feels a little more fresh, you know. Ante DeCoupo, Embiid, Siakam, Trey Young, Mitchell, Ingram, Middleton, Bam. Like these are new guys to the All-Star team, you know, like mm-hmm. newer guys. So I, I could see them really. Um, you know, playing more minutes, trying a little harder, stuff like that. So um, we'll see. It should be interesting. But, yeah, I'll take Team LeBron, and I'll take uh, Luka Doncic for MVP. Yeah, now that's the hard thing about picking Team LeBron is picking who the hell is going to be MVP on that squad. Because right, you, yeah. can, you can see LeBron, you can see Anthony Davis, you can see Kawhi, you can see Harden, you can see Luka, you can see Russell Westbrook. Like, literally half that team has MVP potential, whereas if you're picking Team Giannis, you got about four or five people who, who really have a shot at MVP. Um, a sidetrack, I don't know if you're going to get to it. But, I mean, did you think anyone got snubbed? Uh, Bradley Beal, yes, honestly. You think so? Yeah, but I mean, I know. Who put him over, though? I would have personally put him over... Again, no disrespect, but I personally would have put him over Kyle Lowry. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what's funny? We're so on opposites here because I think Kyle Lowry should be starting over Trey Young. Just because of how good Toronto is? Toronto's, dude, one. Atlanta's I mean, yeah, they're incredible. Two, Toronto's fantastic. And three, Lowry's playing really well, man. Like, so I've been saying that for a long time, too. I thought Lowry should have started started before they even you know released it um of course there's always guys that deserve to make it but there's there's simply not enough room you know yeah the same thing with Devin Booker was he snubbed more so than Beal I think so but at the end of the day he's in now but yeah if anyone was snubbed in my opinion and it would be from the east because I think they got the west down like perfect yeah I would say um I would like, I think Jalen Brown should be in too, but it's just so hard to like take someone off, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I just, I don't know if Boston, Boston's been good this year, but are they three all stars good? You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the politics, and I feel like that's, that's what happened is it came down to Brown or, or Tatum. Or Tatum. Yeah. And, well. you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, Look, Kyle Lowry's having a fantastic season. Again, like, if Kyle Lowry, you know, I'm not 
up in arms that Kyle Lowry made it by any means, but I do I do think Bradley Beal has been absolutely exceptional. And I think that honestly that Wizards team is not as bad as their record. Like they're pretty if they didn't have as many injuries as they had, I think they've they they would have a couple more wins. Well, they and... still to the playoffs. I mean, that eight spot's just hopeless. Uh... <laughs> yeah, absolutely hopeless. And they have been really banged up with injuries. To be fair, they have, and I think that Bradley Beal um, is leading one of the best offenses in the league. You know, granted, the flip side of it is they're they're one of the worst defenses in the league, so that's why they lose, but. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that Bradley Beal uh, averaging 27 a game, uh, one of the best offenses in the league, being the focal point of that. You know, I think he really deserves some consideration. You know, um, I I just I'm not mad that he got snubbed, but in my opinion, I would have personally put him over Kyle Lowry, even though Kyle Lowry is like you said having a fantastic season. I mean, it he's just shows a, it just shows how many great players there are honestly dude like yeah you're, you're scoring 27 a game he's he rebounds and assists fairly well he, you know he scores an efficient rate it's it's wild that he's not even on the team to be honest with you yeah it's it's crazy to comprehend but all right i think that will do it for this uh, podcast the annual chris and chris all-star weekend podcast chris i appreciate you uh, recording this on a Friday afternoon with me, just beating the buzzer so we can get it up before before the weekend starts. Um, I do want to ask you though, before we get out of here, since you know, since we I don't have you on the podcast too much anymore, with the trade deadline and everything happening now, where where do you see the NBA? Like, who do you think is is the favorite to win the title? Is it still the Clippers? Because I believe that's who you thought at the beginning of the year, right? I said the Clippers at the beginning of the year. I have no reason to think otherwise. They got better and the Lakers didn't. Um, so I like them. I just am I would I be surprised the Lakers won? Of course not. But I'm just saying I like the Clippers better. Um, East wise, man, Milwaukee's been dominating, but for some reason, about two months ago, I was talking to Honor and I told him I think it'll be the Clippers and the Celtics in the finals. I don't know why. I just I just felt it. I just. Mm. I, I don't know, and I like Boston too, man. They're good. Yeah, they're um, good. But to be fair, when I said that, I kind of anticipated they would make like even a small move for a big, because I don't think Cantor is necessarily the answer, and they they go with Daniel Tice too, kind of like a duo. But man, it, I thought they were going to make a small move, and they didn't. So it, it, it's hard to stay confident in them. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, you just look at that center position, and man, if Robert Williams was like two years had two more years of experience because I like him. I think he could be, especially, especially when he's in a good system like Boston, where he could really develop. I would, I would think, you know, two years from now, I like what that guy I think is going to be. And, you know, even if they have that, you know, not a great center, but a, but a quality center, then yeah, I would, I would really give them um, much stronger consideration for reaching for, for, escaping and going to the NBA finals but I just I can't man um the one thing though that is nice about that about the Eastern Conference is really outside of Embiid you're not going to have a center that kills you if you're Boston 
Right. So, I mean, yeah. Brooke Lopez and Gasol by no means will kill you. Miles Turner, eh, like you know. So you, yeah. I, you're right. You can live with it. You can live without it. I so say. I mean, if you just truthfully, if you just get matched up on the opposite side of the bracket and somebody knocks Philly, because people are talking about Philly. I, I heard a podcast the other day, and it was uh, it was ESPN's podcast, and they were talking about just the possibility that Philadelphia, if they get matched up against Miami in the first round, maybe Miami wins, and this team is. Out Done. in the first round. Oh, and, uh, I mean, what were they saying about blowing it up if that happens, or they're just saying that they they're can... just saying that that's just like a realistic possibility that nobody really thought of at the beginning of the year that Philly could they potentially are, be. Are, I mean, you know, I didn't. They seemed disappointing to me last year. I mean, you have mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler along with all those guys. Um, of course, the Kawhi got the bounce and whatever, but that felt disappointing and. I didn't love the offseason moves. Granted, you know, they lost Butler and they, they made up for it in some ways, but they just, just something about them. It's like that's lacking in terms of, it's like you expect more, you know? You just expect more and it's just not there. 100%. Um, anyways, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I 100% appreciate it. As always, like I said, I love that we keep this tradition alive. And next year is year seven, and I look forward to it, man. Oh, me too, man. Uh, it was fun. Glad to be here. Glad to be back. And anytime you want, I'm here. All right, man. Definitely going to get you back on the podcast. And good luck to you in fantasy. We're, now, we're no longer in the same leagues anymore, so now you're not an opponent. You're a friend. So All right, good luck. You. Appreciate it. You too, man. All right. Peace. See ya. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.